You're listening to the Live Well Radio Podcast Show. A wealth of information for a life of inspiration. And here's your host, Brett Coleman. You're going to love today's show. I really believe it's going to be one of the best uh, and most powerful and impactful interviews to date. Today is Mindset Monday. And after this interview airs, you'll be able to send personal development coach Christy Fowler questions pertaining to your specific situation. I believe whenever you hear about somebody who's experienced some of life's worst circumstances and they come out of those experiences a better person, you kind of want to hear that story. And Christy Fowler, our guest today, is that person. And she's going to talk to us about life without limitations. The reason I invited her on the show is because there's people listening right now who have experienced their own set of tragedies, and they may or may not have been able to break free from the issues that still might be plaguing them to this day. Christy Fowler is actually somebody who's gone through some very tough challenges and is here today to share her personal experiences of her journey with all of us on the show today. My job, my mission, my objective is to find out why she decided to turn her circumstances around instead of allowing them to keep her down. Christy, I'm so glad you're here today on the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. You've uh, faced some of the most difficult tragedies one could imagine. Let me say this, start off, a fire that ravaged your family. Uh, shortly thereafter, there was a tragic car accident that left you in the brink of paralyzation and literally crushed your future volleyball career. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, it is. Very accurate. So I have to ask you, uh, what was it that made you want to elevate your journey and not allow it to keep you suppressed and keep you down and hold you back? Well, you know, one of the biggest things that I had to face was that this is my life. I don't get to blame anything. I can't blame a car accident. I can't blame a fire. The only person I get to blame is me. So it really came down to saying, what kind of life did I want? Was I going to let this injury, this circumstance stop me? And if I did, why would I let that happen? Don't get me wrong. There were rough days. And there were days I was depressed and sad and overwhelmed. And what the key is, is, okay, have that day be angry, be frustrated, but just don't stay there. Allow yourself the freedom to feel those feelings because there was so much loss for me. So much was taken away from me. I was in college playing um, volleyball. I had just been ranked nationally as a setter and all of that was taken away from me. I never did get to go back and really play to the level that I had. And so again, are you going to let that just defeat you? Are you going to say, okay, well, I'm going to have a new challenge now. And what is that going to be? So I got to ask you though, because the, it, the easy route would have been, yeah, I'm, I'm pissed. I'm upset. Uh, I'm, I'm angry at, at God or the world, my situation. I'm going to give up. I'm going to just say the heck with it. I'm not going to persevere. I'm not going to continue my journey. I'm not going to find another way out. I'm going to let it hold me back because you know that people do say and do that. Why did you not do that? So why was for me, and don't get me wrong, I had days where I did want to give up. And so I don't want to sound at all like I was Pollyannish and just was 
so happy through the whole process. I was angry. I was pissed. This was so unfair. In my car accident, the driver who caused the accident, he walked away with one tiny scratch on his forehead. That's it. And it wasn't even my fault. And here I'm left paralyzed having to figure out how to walk again. But what I figured out was that really gave me my why is, okay, so I want to be bitter. I want to stay the victim. Sure, that's an easy route in a lot of senses. But the challenge with it is the only person I was hurting was me. It was still going to be my life. So did I really want to sit here in a wheelchair being miserable, angry? Because what would that do? It was a miserable way to live my life. And so at that point, I had a choice. Be miserable and angry and bitter the rest of my life or figure out how to create a new meaning and a new way of seeing my life. And I just didn't want to be miserable the rest of my life. What turned it around, Christy? Was it a person, a situation, a story? Because, you know, how do you go from uh, a negative to a positive? Your cannots. How do you turn your cannots into can do? Something had to happen. What was it that changed your mind? In all honesty, I really struggled by myself. Um, I didn't know how to work through all the emotions that I felt, um, the hurt, the anger, the disappointment. And so when I got back to college, I went and got into counseling. I needed someone's help to guide me through all of the feelings I had, all of the emotions that I was having, and all the loss. And it was that therapist that really helped me gain a perspective and gave me the freedom to feel all of it so that I could let it go. I think one of the challenges is people feel like, oh, I shouldn't feel that way, so they stuff it. But the challenge with that is then it never goes away. It just gets buried within you. And then it just plays out in sideways kind of things. You snap, um, you eat to soothe yourself, you drink to soothe yourself, you do, um, you try to achieve even more to prove that you value. And so it just comes out in other ways. And so for that, I will never, I'll always be grateful for that therapist and what they did. I mean, the truth is that's why I got into a helping profession because that one person changed my life. Was there a period you hit the hit rock bottom and you did turn to drugs, alcohol, and, and, and deep states of depression? You know, I didn't go to alcohol and drugs. I was a very strong Christian at the time, and my faith was really important to me, and that just wasn't my personality. Um, but I went to more of a unforgiving, bitter, resentful, angry place. Um, and so I learned to say the right things around the right people so that they could be happy. But inside, I was just seething and so struggled a lot with depression, but I just knew how to hide it well. Did you walk away from your faith? Did you give up? You know, I definitely spent my time angry um, with God. I mean, I, I cussed him out. I yelled at him. I... I remember going on a walk later on, and after the accident, I did get my ability to walk, but I used to walk with a limp. And I remember being walked, and it hurts to walk with a limp because you're not walking normal. And um, oh, I was so mad, and I was just like, this is so unfair. I was. I was cussing him out. I was so mad um, and wasn't sure I wanted to continue with my faith. Um, absolutely. And then today, now you're a life coach, you're a speaker. You help other people with issues such as self-sabotage, uh, setting and maintaining goals, mastering their thoughts, overcoming anxiety. Let me ask you, have you met somebody along your way 
because you were a licensed therapist in California and Idaho, and now you kind of move into the personal development coaching arena here in Arizona. In your in your work, do you meet people who have extreme tragedies such as yourself? And we didn't even get to the fire yet. You, you, there was a fire that ravaged your family. Then the car accident, the people come to you with those extreme measures that you've actually helped turn their lives around? Yeah, I had a variety of people that ended up coming. Because remember, trauma is everybody's own perception. So somebody else could go through um, a divorce, and that was the most traumatic thing in their life, or losing a parent, and that was the most traumatic thing. And so for everybody, trauma might look different and what ravished their life and their family. And so all sorts of different people have come um, and worked with me. And the truth is, um, it really does come down to what does each person choose for themselves? There are some people that want to stay a victim. And so as much help as you try and encourage and, and give good information and accountability, it's just they want to stay the victim because for whatever reason, that feels justified and a better way for them to live their life. And sometimes they just can't even see it because they've lived their life so long like this and it got rewarded in some relationships that they can't see it. Others are like, I am taking off. I am ready to let this go. I am ready to reach my dreams and live the life that I truly love. And those are such rewarding uh, clients to work with. Love working with them. You think familiarity has a lot to do with it? So it's, it's, it's more familiar, even if it's uncomfortable. It's not as uncomfortable as the thought of making a change. So in other words, the person who knows that they're smoking that pack of cigarettes a day, they understand that that's not healthy. They understand the health issues and risk involved with that. But to take that pack of cigarettes away, then it's an unfamiliar feeling. It almost like it becomes an identity. So you take that suffering away from the person who's been suffering and their identity is lost. Yeah, that is a great way to put it. And they don't know how to manage the feelings that come with that kind of change because it is truly an identity that they know. It's even a language that they know. Um, it's even a routine of their day that they know. And so they're disrupting all of that. Um, and so it is a step-by-step slow process to get to that other side. So to like, let's say to drop the victim mentality and start taking charge of your life again, you don't just decide one day, okay, that's it. I'm done. I am not a victim anymore. You know, it's a, it's an awareness that grows It's an intentionality that develops. It is, um, it's putting different things into your life to lead you in a different direction. I think it starts with an intention. And then once you have the intention, right? The intention is getting clearer on what you want. And then you have to have the tools and resources to help you make that transition. I call it the transitional trench. You literally have to go through a trench because there's going to be a period of change and transformation that's not going to feel good. It's going to feel unfamiliar. In order to get through that transition, though, you, you need some support like you had with your counselor, and you need to have some resources to pull you through the other side because going backwards is so tempting because it is so familiar. Absolutely. And not only to go backwards, but I think even more is just to stay stuck right there in that spot. Because um, the one thing I would encourage listeners, do not think you have to do this on your own. 
it is not a weakness to ask for help. But in our culture, we have certain help that's acceptable. It's okay to go to the doctor and get medication because that's acceptable. Or it's okay for me to go get physical therapy because that's acceptable. But for me to go get um, emotional help, let's say, or to get some accountability and some tools in order to live my life, that feels like, well, I should just know how to do that. And it's really just faulty thinking. No, sometimes we need that in our life because we need someone who's farther down the road that can say, you can do this. Okay, you got stuck. Let's talk about where you're stuck. Let's talk about that tape that keeps playing in your head. You're not alone. You can do this. And you need that support sometimes to be able to go um, get farther down the road. And if we were to take a poll for all the people listening to this, I would ask them, how many of you have tried different things? Um, Let's take weight loss. You know, how many have started a diet to a week later, a month later, you quit because it ends up being so hard to hold this new habit. Um, But if you had the accountability and the support and the encouragement and the tools along the way, you can be far more successful. Truth is, that's exactly what made me be able to get through it is I had the help and support that I needed. That's awesome. What, What was the fire all about? Was it a car fire, house fire? You know, it was a fire. We were at some friend's house and they had a little fire pit outside and uh, we had built a little fire in and my sister, her boyfriend and the friend's house that we were at, um, I was just 13 at the time and um, we built a little fire and the fire was dying and we put gasoline on the fire and the can of gasoline exploded in front of us. And so... My sister, 65% of her body was burned. Her thumb and ear were amputated. Four months in the hospital, 25 operations later, 95% of her body is scarred from all the skin grafts and harvesting of her skin that they had to do. My friend, uh, 40% of his body was burned. He was in the hospital for like two months. And then my sister's boyfriend, who was the other person, from his belly button up was one solid flame, and he ended up dying 10 days later. And so I'm the only one that walked away from the fire uh, without being burned. You know, there's so many times that we hear about stories like this and you kind of wonder, well, what if things didn't, what if, what if it didn't happen that way? What if there wasn't the fire? What if there wasn't the, the car accident? Where where would I be? And you kind of say, well, I think I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Cause I do believe um, that, It doesn't matter what comes into our life. It's what we do with it that matters. Do we make, do we learn from it? Do we grow from it? Do we make it to help us be stronger? Or do we just let it victimize us, hurt us? And now that's our excuse. Exactly. So today you have a practice set up online? I do online. I do online and uh, live as well. And depending on what works for the client. How do people find you? Uh, if they go to my website, christyfowler.com. They can learn more about what I do. And if they can, um, my number's on there, my email's on there. They can contact me um, and get more information on specific things that they um, might need. One of the things that I commit to is that I, if I can help you, fantastic. Because everybody's different. I want to help you reach that goal that dream, that life that you want. If I'm not the right person, I will help you find that right person for you because you deserve that. And it does matter. 
And so that is what my heart is, is to help people and whatever that might look like. So what are the, what are some things people come to you with some, some issues that you're finding? Is there a pattern? Is, is there people coming to you that have similar situations? I know I was on a interview not too long ago and that therapist was saying anxiety is a huge issue right now with a lot of people. Are you finding the same thing to be true? Definitely. Anxiety is a big one. Depression is a big one. And I think a lot of it, and I would um, even use a more general word, is just fear. How much people live day in, day out from a place of fear. But again, because they've lived their life like that for so long, they don't even realize that's what's driving everything that they do, how they sleep, how they feel, how they eat. Uh, the relationships is this fear and they're not even sure what they're afraid of until we really stop and break it down um, and kind of understand it more. What are you finding the fear coming from? Where is it, is, it, is it learned behavior starting in the household when they were kids? Yep. A lot is modeling um, that has been done for them. A lot has been um, depending on the religious upbringing that they might've had. If it was more of a rigid fear-based, um, way of teaching. Um, some is personality. Some have a tendency just for more of that way of thinking. I think sometimes it can be um, when life hasn't turned out the way they had hoped. Um, that can be another piece of it. Um, even watching the news a lot can make you fearful. You know, if you really pay attention, our news is absolutely fear-based. I agree. I 100% agree. Uh, you know, sometimes I wonder if the person who's fearful, like you said, doesn't even know why they're fearful. And then once you help them identify, wait, where is it stemming from? What are you afraid of? Then you can start offering solutions. And and I I find from talking with professionals that that a lot of time it's perception. What's your take on that? Definitely perception. And it's what we create as the meaning attached to it that makes all the difference. Uh, so the fear of whatever it might be, let's say our kids not turning out like we dreamed of, you know, then we're a failure as a parent. And so that doesn't bode well for most people. And so there's so many different things that um, they don't realize the meaning that they have attached to it that can often be the biggest block for them. So how do you help them unblock that then? What's your first thing you would ask, ask them to help them start analyzing or, or discovering a new technique or just more of self-awareness, what's the first things you would help somebody identify with? So one of the first things that I do with my clients is I ask them to get a pad of paper and I ask them to keep that pad of paper with them throughout their entire day. And I ask them to start paying attention to their thoughts. I ask them to start paying attention to what they keep telling themselves, what they're thinking, and then how that might translate into their body if they feel it, you know, all of a sudden, because sometimes we can just say, oh man, I'm starting to feel a headache. Um, And then realize, okay, what are your thoughts? And start writing them down. And it's amazing how many people will come back and say, I had no idea. I talked to myself so much. Like I say really horrible, mean things. Like I didn't realize how much I say the same thing over and over again. And the challenge is we have this um, tape in our head I don't know about you, but I grew up with the, um, you know, the cassette tapes and um, little boom box. Well, it's like, if you imagine we have all cassette tapes in our brain 
and we just, it's on a loop. And we developed it a long time ago, and that loop just keeps playing. And here's the challenge. We think it's truth. We think it's real. But really, it's only these messages that we've picked up over the years, instead of it being our thoughts are not necessarily real. They're just our thoughts. It's our subconscious trying to protect ourselves. And so it's constantly saying, oh, watch out. Oh, be careful. Oh, wait. You know what happened last time? And it's like, wait, I'm not even in that situation. You know, and so being paying attention to our, our thoughts is by far our first step. And can, until we can start managing that piece, it will really run our life. Do men and women fear the same things in your experience? We have just as much fear. We just tend to play it out differently. Men don't tend to express it verbally as much. They tend to act it out. Um, or, um, women tend to um, um, express it out more emotionally um, than men do. But, and we tend to be more worried about different things. Women tend to worry more about relationships. Men tend to worry more about um, work, um, status, um, success. And that's not saying either one is right or wrong, good or bad. It's just a tendency that we find. So the man comes to you, do you, do, you, do you offer counseling or coaching the same way you would offer a woman? It really comes down to their personality and how they need to hear information. So what kind of, um, what kind of learner are they really? Um, are they a verbal processor? Are they not? Are they more action-oriented? So it's really about just uh, addressing their learning style. What about the person that says, you know what, I, I don't, I don't want to change. I'm not happy, but I don't want to change. How do you deal with, what, what do you do with that? So I would have them try and start looking at, okay, so what do you get out of your life if nothing changes? Have them kind of look down farther and say, are you okay with the outcomes of this if nothing changes? And if their answer is no, then, you know, you can help them understand that maybe here are some consequences that you have come in your direction, maybe. Um, but otherwise, you can say, is there anything you would like to work on that you're ready to start changing? Because it might be, you know, you thought they were coming in for one thing, and it's really something else that they're wanting to address. You know, they say physical fights oftentimes uh, leave scars, and mental challenges can leave emotional scars. To this day, are you still uh, plagued by any of your past Fears, anxiety, issues that you've had in the past. I'm sure you have a better way of coping with them now, but do they still come up? Yeah, there are moments that I still get, I call them triggers. All of a sudden I got, will get triggered. Um, just last week I was out, um, um, out camping and there was a, a bonfire and there were some other people around the fire and there was a kid there that wasn't being as cautious around the fire as I would have preferred. And I realized I got triggered in that moment. He had a marshmallow that was on fire and he was waving it around. And, you know, and I, in that moment, I took my breath away, you know, I was like, and I think here's the key. It's not that uh, our goal in life is to never get triggered again. We do want to reduce them and we do want to shorten the length of the trigger. Um, but I'm never going to be mad at myself because I got triggered. What I'm going to be mad at myself is if I don't use the healthy tools that I know to process it through and let it go. And I think that's the challenge. We get triggered and then we get stuck in that trigger. And sometimes it can be a couple of days before we even recognize that we've been triggered. 
And so that's the piece we want to reduce is um, just catching it sooner. And those are pretty traumatic things for me, you know, almost getting in another car accident. Yeah, I get triggered. And so, but I, you know, take a deep breath. You're not in the same situation. You're safe. You know, you just remind yourself of some of that stuff. Um, And then you move forward or if there's anything else that comes up that you need to process, um, move forward. I do find having children, I have two kids and um, they can be when they hit certain stages that I was at, um, when some of the uh, traumas happened, that can also trigger things, even though it's been many years later. So you, they have a good coach. They have a great mom. They have that you're helping them, uh, I guess, map their way, not doing it for them. We can't, you can't do it for anybody, but you can actually give them the tools though, that they could make their journey a little easier and a little more insight to give them a little more self-awareness if they're accepting of it, you know, are they open to it? Do they want to hear mom's advice? How does that work as a parent who's been through a lot yourself when you see your kids maybe not making the best choices, does it remind you of a point in time where you were and you try to offer some suggestions and they turn you down? Sometimes they do. Sometimes I think one of the biggest things that we can do for our kids is be able to teach them to articulate their emotions and to remind them that they have within them all the wisdom that they need. They intuitively know very well what they need to do. The problem that they end up having is we we teach them to doubt themselves. We teach them to fear. We teach them to second guess or to um, listen to me instead of listening to their own gut. And so one of the greatest tools I've used with my own kids is rather than telling them um, you need to stop or you, you know, whatever. I help them process. Um, if you, if you choose this path, what do you think the effects are going to be? What do you think? How is it going to make you feel? Does that decision match your goals? Does it help you become the person you dream of becoming? And so I really just ask them questions so that they can make their own determination without me ever having to tell them. That's smart. That's good. That, you know, that comes from wisdom. It really does, Christy. Let me ask you this. Is happiness overrated in your opinion? Or do we strive too much to be happy as opposed to being fulfilled? You know, I think one of the challenges is um, I think happiness is um, a choice. And so whether it be joy, contentment, uh, love, um, excitement, appreciation, gratitude, all of those are choices. And so I want to, and I am the only one that can determine any of that. My kids can um, do certain things and maybe uh, not be something that I like, but I get to choose if I'm going to be upset about that or if I'm going to stay in a place of gratitude or joy or excitement. And so really owning, it comes down to me that nobody else gets to determine that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I often wonder, you know, happiness, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm, I'm, I'm joyful, uh, I, I'm content, I'm fulfilled. I think the ultimate goal in life is, for me personally, my personal experience has been to find fulfillment. I may not always be happy. I, you know, I think of going to Disney World as a kid, I was happy. I go to, we go to birthday parties, we blow the candles out, we're happy. I, I see a lot of people who seemed very happy all the time. I was at the gym this morning and I was on the, on the step mill and they had the Today Show on and Hoda Copy. She's with Kathy Lee Gifford on the Today Show and Hoda Copy just seems like that person who's always, ha- she always has a genuine laugh. She seems like a very happy person. 
I'm not sure if she's born that way or that's the way she's wired, but I don't think most people are happy all the time, but that's not a bad thing. They could be, they could be content, fulfilled, uh, and not be happy all the time, laughing, smiling, joking around, but still be uh, feeling good. What's your take on that? I agree with that because I think if we limit ourselves to only one emotion, that the goal is only to feel happy, then we're kind of limiting ourselves. So that means I need to ignore all the other things. I think one of the things that I would encourage people is whatever you're feeling in this moment, acknowledge it and, and be grateful for it because it has something to teach you. So if you're angry in this moment, it's teaching you something. Okay. Was there a boundary crossed? Am I, is there something I need to communicate? What trigger just happened? What am I telling myself? And so if we look at it as a tool, if we look at it as feedback for us, then we can be like, yeah, I'm so grateful for that. Yay, I get to deal with this and let it go than to stay stuck there. Um, and so we can have a process of being able to move forward again than just to kind of loop over and over. Well, you're, you know, you're, you, you have two master's degrees. Did I read that correctly? I do. Okay. So th- did they teach you that? I mean, what you, what you just said, you don't really learn that in a master's degree program. I mean, that's life experience right there. It is life experience. And one of the challenges, I'm an avid learner. I always like reading new things and there's always new research that's coming out and tools and techniques that are being developed. And I love learning all those. And one of the things that I have found is um, you can really get overwhelmed with all the different options um, that you have to grow. I think one of the things I would say is you can have all the tools in the world but you have to apply them. You have to actually do something with them. And that's one of the number one places I find clients get stuck is they have all this information. They just don't follow through. And one of the challenges, okay, so why not? And there's always a limiting belief that ends up being behind that, a fear behind it that gets people stuck in their life. And one of the things that I have found over and over again, the number one thing that often holds people back is they don't truly love themselves. We can say it, but I rarely find a person that truly feels it in their heart and soul and really believe it and really live their life from that place. Because definitely not what we've been taught. Why do you think that is? I think a big piece of it is, I don't know about you, but one of my um, parents' favorite parenting tools was, what will other people think? And I mean, no disrespect to my parents. I love them. They did a fabulous job. Um, it's one of those tools that a lot of people have used in their life. And that worrying about what somebody else thinks, that focusing on the outward rather than the inward is one of the biggest traps that people end up in um, that keep them stuck from really living their own life, their own truth. You know, I have often heard people say, well, they're doing the best they can. You know, the person's doing the best they can. I, I, and sometimes I have to disagree and say, no, they're, they're doing, or we are doing the best we want to do, not the best we can do. Because we all know if we really stopped and took a look at our actions, we know that there's more we could be doing in most situations. So why is it that we don't want to do better, but yet complain about our situations that we're in, and, but yet don't want to put the effort to do better? Well, I think part is um, 
we are kind of a lazy culture, right? I don't know about you, but on your phone, if it takes three seconds for something to pop up, we get frustrated with our phone. You know, we're just so used to fast, everything at our fingertips happening now. And so to have to wait, to have to, um, that delayed gratification, that having to put effort in costs us something. And most people don't want to pay the price because they're afraid it's going to be too expensive. And I'm not just talking money. I'm talking that personal, what it's going to cost me to really make this change in my life. So staying in a situation that's not the best situation is better than the thought of maybe having to take some effort to change the situation. Yep. Because there's a lot of unknowns. They might be miserable where they're at, let's say in a marriage, in a job, um, in a situation, but it's known. Even though it's miserable, it's known. And so there's a comfortability with it. Then to really take that step um, and, and take that risk to say, I want more. I deserve more. I can do this. That's one of the biggest challenges. People, because they're in the situation that they're not liking, believe somehow, well, it must be my fault. I must deserve this. This is all, you know, that I'm worthy of. And so, again, those limiting beliefs, those negative thoughts end up coming and keeping it um, in that lukewarm water. You know, I'd respect somebody, totally respect them. They say, you know what, I really want better. I do want better, but I'm just not willing to put the time and effort into it to get better. Can you imagine? I mean, if they can't, if you had a client come to you and say, you know what, Christy, I'm, I know I could do, I know I could create better circumstances for myself, my lifetime, my situations, but I'm just not really willing to put the time and effort into that. I realize that. That's who I am. So I'm going to stop complaining about it until I'm ready to do something about it. Would you respect that? I would respect that. Like, okay. Definitely stop complaining about it because learn to be grateful for what you have in this moment. And one of the things I might encourage them, if you don't want to stay here, find one tiny step that you can take to start moving forward. I think that's one of the biggest things that people think is it needs to be this huge leap, you know, um, rather than it being a gradual thing that they can move towards so that they can build momentum, build confidence have some success so that they can move in that direction. I recommend that far better than just this huge leap. In closing, let me ask you this. Thousands of people potentially hear this podcast, have issues. They need to hear three things on the way out that they can take, some small little nuggets that they can apply, not next week, not today, not tomorrow, but today, after they hear this podcast. They say, you know what? I'm going to try this. I'm going to give it a week, three, three weeks, a month, but I'm going to start today with three small steps. What are those three steps you would offer them? Start paying attention to the thoughts you tell yourself. And then when they are negative thoughts, tell yourself, I cancel that thought and replace it with something positive. Do something every day to remind yourself of your value and your worth. Go work out. Um, look in the mirror. Tell yourself that you love yourself. Uh, do something that reminds you of that value. And third is do something enriching. Read, um, read a favorite book, meditate, um, take the time and 
have a cup of coffee with a friend. Do something that is enriching to your life. It doesn't have to be long. It can be 15 minutes that you just take. Go for that walk. Uh, sit down and just close your eyes for a minute and breathe. Um, any of those, just a, one thing that you feel is enriching for you and nurtures your heart and soul. That's awesome. Just makes you start. I've heard a great quote. I think it was by Don Shula, the the coach for the Miami Dolphins years ago. It said, he said, it's the start that stops most people. So if nothing else, just make that small step, make a start heading in a better direction. And before you know it, the momentum will carry you. It really will. When you know your, when you know your what's and your why's, the hows and whens begin to show up. So thank you, Christy, for your time. We appreciate you. And again, your website is Christy with an I, right? K-R-I-S-T-I-F-O-W-L-E-R, ChristyFowler.com. Correct. And people can contact you right through the site. Any questions they may have? They can. I would love to hear from them because it, you do not have to do this alone. It's okay to ask for help, have support, and have encouragement along the way. Thank you again, Christy. We appreciate that. You have a nice afternoon, and I'd love to have you on the show in the near future. I know you're crazy busy, but if you ever have a chance to get back on the show, we'd love to have you. Thank you. I'd love to come back. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. 